podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hello and welcome to the five-year plan podcast. Hooray! Pod two eighty-seven, sponsored by Vector Printing for your print and embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk. It's Vector with Okay. And uh, JC and Associates. Uh, visit jcassociateslondon.com. I will. And uh, we've got our new sponsors. Ooh. Uh, now I've got Kevin Day and Adam Sales here. How are you doing, lads? All right, thank you. Oh, don't leave us hanging with the new sponsor. Well, I wanted to ask you a question this first. Is, this is new since I last did the pod. Hang on, I've got to apologise to Art Malice on the BBS for being drafted in again tonight because he, <laughs> he didn't want me to appear tonight, so I humbly apologise to you, sir. All right, well, we can get the apologies out of the way in a minute. Let me, let me get the uh, <laughs> you, need to be like, you need to be like Roy Hodgson. Don't yeah, go, don't go say, on social no. media. You don't need Adam, 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 when, when you give up your time to do this and get abused if we're gonna be answer, If we're going to be answering hate mail, then the pod's going to be about four hours long so let's get on say, with the can we do a joke in the press oh, conference really? instead <laughs> let <laughs> me get our new spot our lovely new sponsors break it to be like that for in four hours now, long kevin yes. would you put your mortgage on roy picking jeffrey schlup whenever possible unfortunately yes i would <laughs> yes i would yeah you probably would but if you want everything for your mortgage uh you can get it from eternity home finance a croydon-based family-run company providing a free consultation on anything such as first-time buyers buying a new home Debt consolidation and uh, uh, building a buy-to-let portfolio and retirement mortgages. Visit eternityhomefinance.com or ring 0330-133-0709. I nearly made a debt consolidation joke there about Palace because the finances have been released from last year and uh, it's not pretty. But I thought that was inappropriate. I'm sure they're lovely people, but you make it sound slightly sinister. A Croydon-based family firm will help with debt consolidation. (laughs) There's quite a few of those in the Pawson's arms, Croydon-based family firm. Yeah, you want want debt consolidation? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, those figures did look. I don't... uh, Finance is not something I understand, but it does... No. Uh, sales you probably understand these things more than I do. Swiss Rambles, it's, mm. it's tweets. It was a really good sort of rundown of, yeah. of it. I haven't read it. Well, <laughs> so mainly it boils down to we seem to, uh, well, three things. We seem to spend too much money on players, yeah. too much money on wages, yeah. and we seem to be more honest than any other club in the Premier League. <laughs> Potentially. In terms of <laughs> telling people that. Basically. That, that we seems a pretty reasonable analysis yeah. of it. All. <laughs> I, would, I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't overly concerned because I think we were, well, we profitable the previous years yeah. and stuff. In any case, so I mean, it was only the big lump of money we spent when Sam Allardyce was in charge, yeah. effectively on the transfers, which was the big bit which we had to do to stay in the Premier League. To be fair, and also I think arguably, and we do seem to be the only club that are up front with the Premier League about our finances. But arguably, apart from City. You could argue there's no team in the Premier League. If if you analyse the finances in certain ways, they're all in trouble. If you take away the 
massive wealth of the the owners. Oh, well, they're all they're all in the risk of being in big trouble if they get yeah. relegated. Yeah, well, that's really, essentially, that's which we've problem. seen from well, numerous well, teams recently. Sunderland are a case in point. It's taken exactly. some time to recover from exactly bad contract decisions. Birmingham City are another case in point. Yeah, Ipswich were relegated. Yeah, down to the third tier get this rid week. Of McCarthy. McCarthy out. He did a terrible job. <laughs> well, it's funny that um, Jeff Stelling. Uh, uh, quite enjoyed himself obviously when Ipswich's relegation was confirmed and he Did said he? I hope Mick McCarthy's watching this now yeah. and all those people who said he was the wrong manager but also Ipswich fans will be consoling themselves it's 17 straight seasons in the championship and some idiot will be saying well it's the best thing for us <laughs> go down to come back strong yeah it's only been 62 yeah. years yeah. since yeah. they the played the the yeah. when you do go down it's not easy to come back no? strong no, that's the uh, that's the problem okay so um We've got lots of questions this week, and we've got uh, the Man City game to to review. Uh, but I haven't really said hello to you guys. How you, Kevin, it's the first time we've podded together for a while. It is. How first are you? First time it's not been in the fancy Soho studio. For yeah, a while. we're back at we're back at the yeah. old gaff. I'm f- I'm fine, except it's that time of year. So you know my views on this time of year. <laughs> it's still daylight. Well, to be fair, it is raining, so I guess you're yeah, quite happy. I've just seen the weather forecast for tomorrow and Easter. Oh, is it looking good? It's, yeah. Well, in your shallow terms, yes, it's <laughs> looking good. <laughs> Those people who like sunshine and warmth, yeah, it's looking good. I love it. Um, Adam Sells, how are you doing? Yeah, is your stat bag bulging this week? Yeah, stat bag is bulging. Thank you, stat Julian. The stat bag, yes. Someone else. He enjoyed my stat bag. He was about the only person that did, to yeah. be fair. Actually, actually, on Saturday, I was at the game, I looked over, I thought I saw you wagging your finger from the director's box. <laughs> was I, was did I get that right? On the BBS, really? Apparently, I wagged my finger at the fans. Somebody else told him I was talking down to him when I was answering questions to Jim, and I don't even know him, but hey, you can't please all of the people all of the time, can you? You know my advice, don't go to BBS. <laughs> well, well it, 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 obviously, I'm enjoying I get, it I get sent book. some of the posts for people that know me for their amusement. Yes, which, uh, <laughs> that is. yes I, bet, I bet you can guess who one of them might be. I'll give you a clue. He's a well-known lawyer in the city. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how mates like that, isn't he? Yeah. 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 You should see what Sansa says about what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, my whole time trying to avoid no, that. Just, just, yeah, don't want to see that. Oh, has anybody said anything nice? No, yeah, he doesn't send me any of the nice no, ones. He only sends me all the and ones. To be I get fair, ripped. if you know, for balance, there are lots and lots and lots of nice ones. And we, well, to be fair, are. on on Saturday, I was I helped sell the new issue of FIP, which Sunday. was out uh, Sunday. Sorry, um, which by the way, there was about 150 copies left, which will be sold at Arsenal and potentially Everton as well. £2 a copy, keep an eye out for that. But I was helping uh, Tom Maslona, our new editor, who's done a great job, um, sell. Loads of people came up and said how much they love the podcast, love the fanzine, and were very supportive. So I, I have to say, it's the first time I've sat, looked at the fanzine for a long time. It, it's brilliant, full of content. It's really, really good, good. content as yeah, well. Interview with Smithy, interview yeah. with Kenny Sampson, well, also, Gary yeah, Well, I was really impressed with um, how much non-current stuff there is. Obviously, being a fan of a certain age, you always want to yeah. uh, yeah, be reminded of some of the bad times and the good times. <laughs> yeah. That's why we do this podcast. We're, we're resolutely avoiding talking about football, aren't we? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I mean, yeah. we, we, I mean, we've got a lot of questions in part two, so we're definitely that's going to be a, a longer part than normal. The Man City game for me, Kevin. Obviously, it sells, you know, we've already kind of been over this because we did the, the post-match pod at the weekend. Yeah, for I'm me, sure you listened, Kev. Did you? Well, unfortunately, I got. Uh, yeah, the, you were in the Porsons, basically. I got to the pub too early and then... Oh, okay, yeah. it, happens. So, it happens. Yeah, I, I, I'm fine up to about halfway through the second half and then it all gets a bit... <laughs> well, I mean, to be, it, for me, it's kind of like an open and, and shut case because it's like we, we, we came up against the best team in England, arguably the best team in Europe. We tried to play, you know, a, a defensive game, which is the only way, in my opinion, to play against them, which worked at the Etihad. It didn't work. City were brilliant on the day. 
we gave it a bit of a go. We didn't lose I, by more than two goals. What that, else is there? You, you were you were doing really well until that bit. We didn't, <laughs> we didn't lose by more than two. Well, uh, any conversation we have about the game on Sunday, and any reservations we have about team selection, tactics, whatever, have to be placed in the context that Man City were fantastic. Yeah, as simple as that. And yeah. your hope is that they turn up, have a bit of an off day. Yeah thinking back to the game on New Year's Day when we took it to them right from the start we couldn't get the ball off them for the first fight you, know, you, you can't have a go at a team who won't let you have the ball it's the same at the end and I'm sure we'll talk about this it is frustrating that we kind of threw caution to the winds a little bit after we went 2-0 down but brilliant stat from Gary Neville analysing it after they after we scored there was 14 minutes between us scoring at the end of the game and the ball, we touched the ball once in their penalty area. For all, really, for all our endeavour and for all that we stepped up the pace. Again, you just couldn't keep the ball off them. And they, they're a fantastic team, and they turned up on Sunday. Simple as that. Yeah. And the early kickoff time seemed to suit them. They've got players in every position, so you can't. There's no, there's no point being angry after that because you just could, sometimes you get beaten by a better team. And it, it and wasn't, you know, from our perspective, a bad performance. It, was it? I, it? It was a frustrating performance because you you want to see us at home. Have a, and it's the same. We had to go two 0 down to Tottenham before we started trying to score again. It was, I think we were, we were as good as we were allowed to be, to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. But still, you would like to see us on the front foot more than we were in the first half. And it does fulfil that kind of home, that frustrate. You know, another home. I know it's City, and I agree the context is the best team in England. But that other. Uh, a home game sells here again where we haven't won and it's frustrating I mean but it was Man City so it plays into that kind of narrative in in context as Kev said and where he's saying it's frustrating Roy's Roy's approach will be we need to be in the game so if if, if we are (laughs) I know you laugh at me for saying it but but we are and we've only been beaten by the two goal margin touch wood all season. A lot of those have been late goals where we've been chasing the equaliser. Southampton, Liverpool, Man City on Sunday, the third goal. Arguably offside as well. Yeah, it was. I just. think it was, yeah, yeah. But the but in Tottenham as well, Roy's approach would be that if we're playing one of those teams and we're twenty minutes to go, we're in front level or worse, yeah. the goal behind, then he'll go and have a bit of a go. But the problem is with having a bit of a go, and I said this to Jim on Sunday, um, so apologies for the patron people. I'm repeating myself ever so slightly. But bringing an extra forward player on, for instance, doesn't necessarily mean we're going to have more chances because we did it against Brighton and we couldn't get hold of the ball then because yeah, we were outnumbered yeah, in midfield. Yeah, yeah. So it actually had a negative effect. So City were fantastic in possession. They were also incredible out of possession. Yeah, yeah. They didn't give us a second yeah. on the ball. Yeah. So trying to play through them is going to be difficult. Hence the choice of Benteke. He's going to play long into Benteke, stay in the game, not take too many risks and hope that we nick a goal in the style that we did with Luca, for instance, from a set play or whatever. If we go toe-to-toe with City, Tottenham, any of these big clubs, we will get murdered. We won't yeah. be in the game. So Which a even, lot of clubs, even beating well, we City there... A lot of clubs have this season. They've tried to do that and they have got battered well, by we City. Don't, yeah. We don't necessarily know because we don't do it. Yeah. We've never tried it. I mean, I, I actually felt sorry for Benteke because I thought he played well and the imaginary bloke he had playing next to him, who clearly he was... Because, I mean, there's no one around him. I mean, he yeah. was that, winning, was, that was a problem he, first he was half. Winning ball, he, was, he was holding the ball up well. He was mm. winning balls in the air. And there was no one... It was like Murray under Doogie Freeman. There was no one within 40 yards of him. And it makes him look a lesser player than he is. 
he was actually doing his job really well, but understandably, the rest of the team are dropped. I, I do, there's a question I do want to ask yourselves, and I think it's been overlooked slightly. Was Gaeta, I thought Gaeta was at fault for the first goal. Correct. I, yeah. thought, he went yeah. down, I thought he went down way too early and he made yeah. Sterling's he, job. He, he did. It, it wasn't good. Yeah. I mean, it so wasn't good. Brilliant. It's, albeit it's a brilliant ball, Van Arnold lost again, but it was a great ball and a great shot. But Gaeta, Very strange. You know, he's. I think he tried to second guess and thought he might go low and right. he'd already dropped himself down and couldn't get himself right. up and deal I'm with it. it but it wasn't. It wasn't good goalkeeping at all. You know, to me, with a goalkeeper, and I, when I was working with the players and the goalkeepers, the thing I'd always say to a goalkeeper is don't sell yourself. Whatever you do, if in doubt, stay deep in the goal, make yourself hard to beat. Somebody comes, it used to drive me mad where a keeper would overcommit himself and leave the line and, yeah. and not get there and then give them an easy finish. For me, it's which is what Huddersfield stay, did. yeah, but so exactly. Goals, but that's goal. what I'm saying to you: yeah, stay, yeah. stay yeah, exactly. deeper in the yeah. goal and say, "All right, then beat me." Yeah, because if you beat me with a great shot in the corner, okay, you beat me. But I don't want to see the goalkeeper sell himself. And Guaita, in fairness, didn't sell himself, but he didn't make himself hard enough to beat, which is the point I'm making. You know, make sure if he beats me. He beats me all ends up yeah. and it's a great no, finish. Still quite, it still I mean? was quite a good finish. Oh, and it's very easy, and by the way. And he had a good performance the rest yeah, of the game. He, he, has, he, yeah. he played well. but that. Kev, well, I'd, I'd say to you, it's very easy also for us to sit in the crowd when a bloke's at an angle and lashing the ball at yeah, you from course. six yards. Yeah, yeah, you know. Well, look, I've got a question about Guaito. I was going to put him in part okay. two. I'm going to put him now. It's from Tom Sharky Turner. Hello, Hi, Tom. Tom. Sharky. Sharky. He says, um, in my opinion, the only thing Guaito has got that Wayne doesn't is a personality. And probably a grasp of history, I'd imagine, as well. <laughs> oh, very good. I missed, I missed, I saw... What do you think of Tom's comment there? Is that is that fair or is that a bit harsh? No, I don't think that's right. I think uh, I think Vicente Guaita is a better shot stopper than Wayne and will win more points than Wayne for the team over the course of the season. Wayne is a fantastic kicker with both feet over distance. Um, but do I think Guaita is an upgrade... I do, yes. Okay, are you a fan, Kevin? Oh yeah, I think he's a. I think he's a better. I think Tennis is a very good Championship goalkeeper. And I think Gaeta's potentially a very good Premier League goal. I think it's an interesting question though, because when Huddersfield, when we got the penalty against Huddersfield, Gaeta did what Brighton's keeper did a couple. Of, he, he ran the length of the pitch to talk to to talk to Luca. He makes himself visible. He makes himself yeah. look enthusiastic. Yeah. He he punches the air when he makes a save, and fans. Reasonably full, but they they like that sort of thing. He looks like he's part of the group, and also I think we should have to say as well. I mean, Van Arnold had another poor game, but bearing in mind that we we had arguably our reserve centre backs, both our reserve centre backs, I thought defensively we coped as well, well as we could. I said, yeah. I said on Sunday, yeah, Kev, I agree with that. They only it? scored on the counter when yeah. we were spread. The first goal, yeah, yeah, Jeffrey yeah. slaps prone on the ground, and yeah. we've got four players the wrong side of the ball, and yeah. suddenly one ball cut through us like a knife through butter yeah. and he's clear and he's on the goal and the fourth the the, the the fourth goal of the game their third goal only comes on the counter right at the end of the game they didn't actually play through us no. too much well we were trying to work out after the game weren't we how many chances did Sergio Aguero arguably the best striker in the league have 
there was one on the turn on the edge of the box. That was about it. We actually well, kept him quite yeah, quiet. But well, yeah. But the beauty of Man City is you keep him quiet. And, got and there's another two. I'll say this, this as well. Yeah, you know, yeah, you've I only mean, got Sane and uh, yeah, De Bruyne yeah, and uh, yeah. Sterling to deal with. And instead. It, it, it's interesting as well. There's a couple of cousins of mine who are Man City fans who were there saying and they thought Sane found it really difficult against. Aaron. Yeah. Well, I thought that was probably Aaron's toughest game of the season. I thought that was yeah. the first time he had to visibly work. You saw him having to make an effort. You saw yeah. him, having, but he coached really well. But it was still difficult. I mean, but he'll learn loads from those games. Of course, he will. But I mean, Aguero's doing his job by the fact that he's yeah. everyone else is having the chances. Yeah, yeah true. Great for me to come out my fans. I do have to say, and I know I will sound like a stuck record on this. But I still couldn't see what Schlupp was meant positionally. I couldn't understand what. He looked lost again before he went off again. He couldn't see whether he's meant to be where he's meant to be covering. Where it was, was he on the sort of left of that flat, that narrow four? Yeah, there was three. Yeah, with the, the, we were playing with the four-five-one yeah. effectively to start with, and then we went to a four when Meyer came on, didn't we? And pushed Wilfred right, right up front in the second half. But <laughs> I mean, interestingly, some of the points you're making, the point about we're better in the second half. Not necessarily better no, when we go down, when we go late, no, but, on, late on. But yeah, yeah. but you're throwing caution to the wind a little bit there yeah. to a degree, and also it's very easy for them. Well, it's not so easy. The manager, whoever you are, Roy at half time, for instance, tends to make a difference to our team in each game. I think, and that's after he's seen the way the game's panning out. He sees the pictures. And the master of this is Pochettino because mm. the amount of time that Tottenham, the amount of times that Tottenham turn games around from his half-time changes or the way that they go about the task, I don't think it's uncommon. And I think going back to what you were saying, against these big clubs, we're going to keep everything as tight as we can. We can't be too open. We can't throw caution to the wind. We can only really go once with, there's 20 minutes to go. Because even one down with 20 minutes to go only takes one set piece like Lucas on Sunday to get you back in the game. Mm. You just have to be... I mean, and, and the difference being, I think, Kev, is that we're a good Premier League squad, but Tottenham and Manchester City are Champions League clubs. <laughs> They're the last eight of Europe. And I've said in both situations, I don't think we've got a player each time that would get in to either of those teams. Yeah, now, Wilf, maybe, we, we'd yeah. argue, yeah, argue Wilf, Wilf maybe, yeah. but they've got Son yeah, or Sterling. No, agree, yeah, and yeah. if we say Bissaka, they've got Trippier and Walker. So, you know... I, I, think, very... I think the frustrating thing is, though, because away at Tottenham, and, and there was an excuse, that, but we were poor away at Tottenham until the last 10 minutes. And, and it was only by luck that we didn't get hammered. You know, I know, And then first half against Huddersfield... You could argue, all right, there's a bit of nerves here because we need the points. But, and Huddersfield still played well in the first half. Yeah, to but be fair. I, I just thought, along with a lot of people, I just thought, yeah, we're, we're notionally safe. There's no reason not to. And also, the other thing as well, that we, everybody talked, Sky especially, Gary Neville especially, talked about, you know, Guardiola mentioned it as well. We don't like going to Sellers Park. Palace are always good against us. And, mm. and yet, we didn't. We didn't show that. For, not that we ever going to have a psychological edge against them, but we didn't do what we've done against them. Well, because that the is because yeah. that comment, which you do hear a lot about Palace being tough at Sellerst, is actually it's a bit true. of a myth at Fortress the moment. Sellerst, Fortress it's Sellerst a myth. Not true, I know, but it's based on you know the Pulis it, yeah. years and the Pardew yeah. years a little bit. But having said that, we can't. We do. We do more home games, and we lost more than we won. But again, we. I just think you have to move. We are safe, so let's try and. 
yeah, well, we'll do the same thing against Arsenal. That's, but the frustrating thing is we'll try and keep in the game against Everton. But we didn't end last season where yeah. shackles were off a little bit, weren't oh, they? Yeah, I think but, we'll, we'll yeah. approach those two home games. I think we'll approach the last three games differently to the Arsenal game. Roy, yeah. Roy noticeably plays a much more in a much more direct fashion against the bigger clubs. He doesn't take so many yeah, risks, yeah, true, yeah, right? Because yeah. he wants to stay in the game. When we're playing Bournemouth or we're playing Everton or we're playing uh, Cardiff, I think he'll probably be a little. We'll play through the pitch a bit more than we do. And and I, I mean, I hear people sort of saying stuff sometimes like, "Oh, we just played long ball." You know, if you played against City as you saw on Sunday, the reason he selected Ben Teke was to give him the out ball yeah. because they pressed you so hard, he knew that we were going to have to sometimes yeah. play long just yeah. to get relieve ourselves pressure. out of trouble and relieve a bit of pressure. And the idea of that is that your big front player then can win you some free kicks with fouls in yeah, the yeah. back and hold the ball up for you and give you a little well, bit of a breather. And you can get back in shape. Yeah, and you back can... in shape. Listen, can well, I, it's can not I... like we're not used to direct football at Palace in the last five, no. five, 10, 15, 20 seasons, but it's like Steve Koppel played. Direct yeah, football. yeah, yeah. Unbelievably direct. But, but it was effective, and that's. That, I think the problem is when you see it not being effective. But well, it's think, not our go-to style. No, I think we only do it well, against yeah, the big, yeah, the clubs yeah, that are. Yeah. It's the the boxer scenario again. I'm I'm quoting yeah. here because toe to toe with a better puncher, you're going to get knocked out. Yeah, you've got to be clever and make it difficult for them, and we can go toe to toe with Bournemouth or Everton or or West Ham or Cardiff or whoever it may yeah. be. But the big clubs, I think he's going to make sure that we're in the game. It's very tight and we make sure that we're not giving... We're not. The game's not done before we've had a chance to be in it, which I think is his... his, yeah, his I'd say mantra. I was more... I was, I've, you can't help but be philosophical after losing to City. I was more annoyed about the United performance mm. when United are not 20% of the team at City are and we gave them the same respect that we gave... Mm. So I, I, I to be first, you know, at a bad time they came, they won like eight or nine in yeah, a row or something. Yeah, like possibly, but I, but I, yeah, I don't think. As I say, it's not a question that we gave him too much respect. We didn't have any choice. That's the thing. That's exactly. What, yeah. Which is why, in a way, you should sort of almost not have a conversation about the city game. Just discount it, move on. Well, and moan about them. Let's do just that then. Let's move on right now into part two, where so, we got a lot of questions. I've hosted it once and automatically. Do my job for me now. Uh, we've got loads of questions from our listeners, so join us after this. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hooray. Hooray. Pod 287, sponsored by Vector Printing. For your printing board you need, go to vector.co.uk. Vector with Okay. And JC and Associates. Visit jcassociateslondon.com. I will. And Eternity Home Finance. For all your mortgage needs, go to eternityhomefinance.com or ring 03301330709. We need, we need a little thing, don't we, for them? Need a little sting. Sting. Yeah, yeah we do, don't we? Also, I'm glad you decided not to do a different put your mortgage on joke every time. Oh, I'm not doing it every run, time. He got, he, got, he got stick on the BBS for that as well. Oh, right? I might do what? it. Yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. yeah, I did, yeah. For what? For what? So, I don't know. He gets stick for having Rice Krispies for breakfast, honestly. Well, don't worry. He only gives up his time and his life to do it. But hey, everyone, you know, I'm not give right, him some stick. Right. <laughs> with oat milk, I yeah. was <laughs> I just asked not for half an hour ago, asking if I had any oat milk in the fridge. <laughs> I don't know why I asked. I knew what the answer no, was going to be. No, I had a so feeling it annoyed my dad even more than it annoyed me. <laughs> <laughs> we had a great, actually, you know, Kenny and I had a great discussion about 
dairy free milk actually he so. doesn't know what oat milk is he's just been asking me <laughs> to be fair he then mugged me off with yeah. the actual milk yeah. so. <laughs> anyway I was faking what oat milk that is a call back and a half <laughs> about three <laughs> years ago <laughs> right um, question time we've had a question from uh, Kevin Day hello Kevin from our WhatsApp group <laughs> saying uh, have you seen Martin Samuels in the mail says we've wasted a season and the ultra cautious approach has to end with the players we have. And this is actually a common theme with quite a lot of It's more of a question aimed at Selzy, really. Cause it, <laughs> it, well, no, because it kind of encapsulates... I thought what Martin Samuel said today was slightly uh, on the nose and not quite factual. I mean, you, if you compare our approach to Newcastle's, for example, who are torturous to watch yeah. at home and away, to be perfectly honest. But Martin Samuel's point... It's quite harsh. I know he's not a fan of Hodgson from Liverpool days and England days, but to say we've wasted the season, his point was that with the squad we've got, we should be giving people... The thing is, I know what Sales is going to say to this, and he's going to say a certain position in the squad that we do not have decent options in or haven't had this season, aren't you? Five centre-forwards that have scored three goals between them all season. Why does everybody think that we should be doing so much better when we've got that? That's the... That's the question for me. I can understand that people think it's cautious, but actually, I think being gung ho, we probably wouldn't be where we are in the league. You know, I do, I, and I think Roy is cautious on the right days, and I think everyone has to respect. Although we've been in the league for six years, there's no easy games and no gimmies, and that journalist stuff again, for me, is all a bit too dramatic. He probably wants to have a pop at Roy Hodgson. I mean, I think Martin Samuel, yeah. Yeah. Somebody started forwarding me some of the Media Watch stuff that goes out every week. And it's so interesting when you see the stuff that appears in the national press and then the fact, factual element that comes with it. It, There was something that one of them wrote last week (laughs) about Manchester United, about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and Sari, how he would love to be uh, having the season that Solskjaer was or something like that. And they were one point behind Manchester yeah, yeah, United. Yeah. I mean, it's just all... That's on it's Football all just, isn't Yeah, it? yeah I think so. It's just actually. all rubbish. Do you know, it's just, again... And again, Roy, I, as we've said earlier, I'm sure he wasn't reading it or cares what well, Martin Samuel's got to say. I can understand that people think we're cautious. And there are people that are saying we should do better. But... And I think the wage bill is probably a fair indicator nine or ten in the league or thereabouts. But where I say that, I think all the clubs from... If we go through Everton, Watford, Wolves, West West Ham, Ham, Bournemouth, Newcastle... Southampton. Southampton. Southampton, You know, they'll all probably... But we're probably all in the same category in terms of of wage bills and in that area. So... You know we're in the we're in that middle group. I mean, well, yeah. If you take if you, 11... take if you take top six and say well, obviously we're not in that, and then you break the rest of it into two lots of seven. Yeah, middle we're seven probably and bottom in the middle seven. We're firmly in the middle seven. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting talking to a West Ham fan the other day who was talking about this. It's like this whole idea of breaking the bank to finish seventh. It's like I would love European football. Of course I would, but like he said, it's like the old days. You would break the bank to win the title or to stay up. Yeah. And now fans are demanding that people break the bank to finish seventh, and it's kind of, I'm 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 older, that's why I'm perfectly happy being in that middle seven, if you like. But it's yeah. younger fans who seem to. Well, but, I look, I agree, I 
kind of agree with both of you, but I, I guess I have to play devil's advocate a little bit here because there are people that are listening that will will be frustrated. No, I understand. I'm frustrated. And will feel we should be doing better. And actually, someone on the BBS made a really good point, and that's now in, in, in writing, um, that if we'd won... Technically not in writing. Not in writing, but you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah, you said it out loud. It's, it's documented. Yeah. Um, if we'd... The away games we've won this season, and obviously we've been very good in the road, and you know, we've yeah. seen a lot of good away wins this season. If we'd won them at home and our home wins were away, would people be happier? And I, I actually that's think they probably, good, I think they probably, probably would. Be. That's a very yeah. good well, they, they I mean, it would be the same result. They would because more people pay money to see home yeah. games. Of course yeah. they would be happier. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's a very fair point. And yeah. also there's a, a, a Millwall podcast tweeted the other day, which again is a very fair point and it articulates something that we've been saying. It's like all those Palace fans who want Hodgson out. So remember all the Charlton fans who wanted Kirbishly out. For pretty much the same reason, we yeah. should be in yeah. it, you know, seventh in the table. A, a specific question though for you, Selzy, as well. Why, yeah. why is Batshuayi suddenly seems to be on Roy's back burner? I think that was probably just so, around what we needed in terms of an out ball on Sunday, and that Benteke would physically hold the ball up better. It's not just that, and game. so he hasn't started a couple of games, has he? No, uh, no he? that was the first was one. It the I first think, one he's yeah. not started. He played at Newcastle. Yeah, no, he did play at Newcastle. What was before Newcastle? But he's not. He's not done so well of late. I don't think. In fairness, Batshuayi. Um, but I think. I think also when we're talking about all these things, it isn't Kev, you or Jim, and certainly I'm speaking for myself. There's nobody that doesn't want us to do better or is satisfied yeah. in yeah, terms yeah, of. Absolutely. You know, that's not what I'm saying. You know, people sort of go, "Oh, like, I'm the most ambitious." positive person in the world you know wants the best of everything and wants to do the best and it's not that I don't want it and I don't want to progress but I think you also have to respect the resources I mean since Roy's been in charge we've hardly spent any money on a player Kuyate and if you took and I mean Dougie's obviously behind all these players too I mean if you when Roy talks about the transfers, he always refers to Doug Friedman Doug. and yeah. his mate Doug, that. deadly Doug. You yeah. know that he could, yeah. Dougie could hate that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dougie, he doesn't even like being called Doogie. Uh, but, the, uh, but he always refers to him around the transfer business. And so, okay, Guaita free, Maya free, costing wages, big wages, um, I think Kuyate 10 million was a good piece of business, but we knew what he could do as a Premier League player. AU probably hasn't uh, lived up to expectation overall, but he would probably argue that he's not had his opportunity at the time when he was sort of running into a bit of form. So you can't. He seems to be the one that Hodgson wants to sign more than. I don't know whether Anybody, that's actually... Oh, really? Yeah, but I don't know whether yeah. that's 100% correct. I'll so be I'll, honest. I'll, I would, if AU was available on a free slash cheap deal, no, I personally eight, would... Talk about eight or nine million. Well, that's too much. Yeah. But if he was available for two or three million, I'd take him as a squad player. Definitely. Yeah, I don't think he's a terrible <laughs> no. player. I mean, I, I don't. But again, you see, we're talking about... I'd, I'd, and, and I'll caveat again the criticism that I've just made in inverted commas of the, the goal scorers... I don't think Ben Teke's a bad player in the air. I don't think Wickham's a bad player, but he's never fit. I don't think um, I don't think um, uh, Batshuayi is a bad player at no, all. I, like I think him. he's got a trick and he can score a goal. You know, and I'm I'm, I'm not saying to you that any of these AU I, I think are particularly bad players. Sir, a lot I don't think's been at the level and has not really shown he's at the level. But I think as <laughs> 
My my argument stems, Kev, and I get a lot of stick for this with the statistics and all that. If we're not, you weren't, you wouldn't have heard last week's. But we've actually, since Roy's been in charge, uh, had the seventh the most attempts at goal of any team in the Premier League, right. which is the highest that we've had under any manager since we've been back in the Premier League. The fifth most uh, clean sheets in the Premier yeah, League. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I wouldn't, I couldn't, I can't say in criticism of Roy. We don't create chances. Yeah, sure. We don't do this. I think had we had a, an out-and-out goal scorer that would contribute 15 goals, let's say, over the season, which Benteke did in his first year yeah. with us, 17, yeah. when we played. But if, And I, I don't want to be... I, I don't mind Christian Benteke, but he's much better with his head than he is with his feet, let's be honest. And... I would imagine the majority of goals that he scored for Crystal Palace have probably been more with his head, you know, but I don't know. No, well, it, no, I, think, I don't I th- know that's right. But what I'm saying to you is I can't remember him since he's been here scoring a goal like he did for Aston Villa against us, for instance, when he caught Scott Dan out and carried the ball 30 yards and bent it yeah, around yeah. Julian into the corner on that Tuesday night game for Villa at Selhurst. And... Incidentally, I think that night was one of them where we had about 26 or 27 attempts and lost 1-0. Yeah. We were a much better side. But it's the old thing, you know, people talk about Luca, 12 goals now, top scorer, third highest scorer in the Premier League. It's like, if you've got a midfielder who's chipping in 12 goals, that's brilliant. Yeah. But only if a striker's scoring 20 as well. Yeah. It's like when we, he's a we, top scorer. But the other thing as well, JD, is so many Palace fans have been talking about this and it's like, they would, they would judge Roy better if like if he was allowed to manage because there's a lot of people who think he's he's managing with in handcuffs because he's not responsible for the transfer policies he's not responsible for other stuff through the club so he's kind of for who? For who? Barcelona. Oh. Mm, wow. <laughs> um, can I can we can that's a little jump? Christmas carol moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ebenezer Scrooge <laughs> aka my dad popped his head around to say there's a penalty. And then you have to say who for? <laughs> eh? Uh, Bar- which guy? Barcelona. Oh, right. Um, just uh, my dad loves Benteke. Well, I can answer your, your question about Benteke headed goals. Go on. So goals for Crystal Palace mm-hmm. uh, in the league. I think this is. It's yeah. on Premier League dot com. Uh, Eighteen. Yeah. Goals with his head. Nine. So half of so them. And, and he put in penalties with some of them as well, weren't yeah. they? So you remember the one he, he was our penalty taker for a while, wasn't he? Before he, he missed, missed a couple. A few, didn't he? Remember yeah. the one he scored against Everton away when we went yeah. Yeah. fifth? What a header! From, yeah. from, with no power on the cross, and no, and that's. I mean, that's his real strength for me. Yeah. But I've not seen. I think the Chelsea game when we beat him at Stamford Bridge two one, he sat Courtois down yeah. and finished brilliantly. And I said that day that was a finish of a thirty million pound striker, but I. And again, I'm not anti-Benteke. I can see the benefit. But I've said before, I think he probably needs to play in a pair. And him and Batshuayi yeah, would be yeah. a very good pair. But whether playing Batshuayi, Benteke, Wilf and Andros Townsend as a sort of, in a 4-4-2 shape, maybe, you know, leaving us a little bit too open. And I don't know whether Roy would, would go with that. I'd love to see. It's a shame Balassi never got to play properly with Benteke. Yeah, because he was the one natural crosser. He's the one player. Like Wilf is in, probably not instructed to it, but I mean, Benteke must get so frustrated because you can count the amount of times there's a cross in front of him to launch it in any game. Mm. But the, un, yeah. under Pardew, yeah. we played through the wide players and put lots of crosses in the box. Yeah. And 
you know, under Roy, we've played through the pitch much yeah, more. Yeah, and I yeah. think I think the football, in terms of the quality of it and the comfort of our players on the ball, is at the highest it's been since we've been yeah. in the Premier League. And, I, and again, last season, I thought as well with Johan Kabay and Ruben Loftus-Cheek. And again... They've been two big losses for us this season. Yeah. And, and I think that, so that Patrick, can't be... So is Patrick Van Arnold. I thought you were going to say Patrick Bamford. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Van Arnold, I don't think anyone describe him as a big loss. We do have questions about PVA, which I will come to in a minute, but I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions about Benteke because we've, we've had them. Yeah. So one comes from Jamie Penston-Raja. Hi, Jamie. Who says, did Benteke do enough to prove he deserves his first start, deserved his first start in a long time on Sunday? Uh, why didn't Roy bring on Sacco earlier? He seemed to make quite the difference. Do you, do you think Benteke did enough, Kevin? I think I don't think you can judge him on that guy. I think I think he's played well in the last three or four games without scoring goals. I think his yeah, hold up play mm. has been really good, and I think he's brought players into into the game really well, and I think he's linked up really well. But as JC always says, the final analysis is you can say that you can talk about a goalkeeper's kicking or a goalkeeper coming off, but if a goalkeeper gives two goals away a game, he's not doing his job. And if Benteke is not, mm. you can only judge a goal scorer by the amount of goals he scores eventually. And it but does it feel like, like we're seeing starting starting to see a bit more of the old Benteke a little bit? Not well, no. Obviously, not the one that scored seventeen goals. No, no it's it's no hints of it. Not really. I still don't. I still wouldn't want to see him go. I still would, would hope that we we keep him. And I know there are people who are pinning their hopes on us selling him to China for forty fifty million, yeah. which is increasingly not going to happen. No. So we can spend. But I. I still think he's a Premier League goal scorer. I do think he's, yeah. he's just... I things agree. Haven't, things haven't gone right for him. Yeah, agreed. You know, if we start the season next year with Christian Benteke in our squad, I don't think anyone's going to no. be really upset. No. And I don't... I don't. It's what I said earlier. I don't think any of these forward players are really bad players as such. And I'm not disappointed with them in that respect. I just think the goal return from them has yeah. not been, you know, as you say, a goal scorer, a centre forward needs to score goals and contribute goals. And probably since we've been in the Premier League, only Dwight Gale and Glenn Murray yeah. and Christian Benteke in that first season have provided any level of consistency yeah, in that exactly. respect. If you take the minutes on the pitch, I think when I looked at Glenn Murray a couple of years ago, I think he was scoring a goal every like 180 minutes he was on the pitch for us in the Premier yeah. League. And so Gailey, one, one in Gailey, two, basically. Gailey was a little bit just outside that. So Gailey was Gailey was uh, a little bit uh, longer than that. But those two were well in front of yeah. anything we've had. I mean, Benteke in that first season, I think it was a goal in every 2.3 games or something. But last year, that had dropped to a goal every 8.3 games well, or something like that. So it's a massive... 38 games. Yeah. Um, Gale, well, Gale would be a lovely option if we still had him, wouldn't he? Yeah. Has he been doing it with... Is it with yeah, goals? Goals? Scoring goals? Scoring goals? Did he score a hat-trick at the weekend? Is that his level? Or is that maybe... That's I, don't, I, don't, I quite like Gailey, but again, Gailey's a 4-4-2 striker yeah, playing yeah, yeah. with the target man. You know, he's not one really, to play out front on, on his, his own. own no. But well, look, I do think final, he can score a goal. Final question on Benteke then, Kevin, from Michael Phillips. Hi, Michael. He says, do you think we'll ever see Benteke get another goal in a Palace shirt? There's still a few games left this season. Uh, and what do we want to do with him at the end of the season? He agrees with us. He wants him to stay. I think, I think what will happen is when we're finally mathematically safe and we're 3-0 up against someone, we'll get a penalty and Benteke like last season. The, the, the trouble is whatever happens even if he scores a goal a game between now and the end of the season he's scored four goals all season yeah. albeit he was out injured for a time yeah. 
and he must be as frustrated. I mean, but the bizarre thing, I mean, he still gets in the Belgian squad and he still starts a lot of Belgian games. So clearly, he's still highly rated. Yeah. He's still a really good player. No, and the second question we've already answered. I'd love to see him yeah, st- yeah. still at yeah. Palace next season. I, I, I just got a feeling that a, a fully fit, confident Benteke will score 15, 17 goals again in the Premier League. And that's what, we don't want a 30-goal striker. A 15-goal striker would be yeah. perfectly good. Thank you very and much. And he's only 28. I don't think there's many of those around that score a lot of goals, you know, outside of the big clubs. I don't know who Callum Wilson, maybe, or someone like that. Him probably be the next uh, uh, best scorer this season. But I, I mean, with the stuff around the Americans, uh, Josh Harris and David Blitzer, if they are, if those stories are true and they are looking to sell, you wonder whether there's going to be a lot of money available this summer to. Thank you for doing that because I've got a few questions about transfers and that is a beautiful segue. Well, I was just going to say, given that situation, I don't know that we're going to be able to offload too many people or make dramatic changes to the squad. Well, that's Or build a stand. (laughs) Well, that's probably... Everyone seems to go, what stand? Who said we were building a stand? Do you know what? It's the first week in a long time that we've not had a question about what's happening with the new stand. I'm half so. waiting for the model in reception to be moved out. Quietly <laughs> 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 quietly moved aside. Suddenly there's a model of the ground in 1923, <laughs> yeah. the original. The nest. Why is there a model of the nest there? <laughs> I wish we could go back to the nest, to be fair. Well, listen, we've had a few questions about uh, transfers and specifically up front. Ad- Adam Sinski. Hi, Adam Sinski. Adam, says, what a great name. Uh, says, what do you think about the Che Adams link, a Birmingham striker? Are we better off looking for the next Andre Gray or Callum Wilson than spending a lot of money on Mitchie, who how has looked you, okay? You, that's the thing. How do you know? No one knew who the next Andre was. Until, the, they, the, until yeah. they take a risk with it. You know, Patrick Bamford could have been the next. Che, che Adams has scored a, f- yeah, he's had a good season. I like, <laughs> I like him. He came out of non-league and went to Sheffield United and he caught my eye there. I think they played Tottenham in a League Cup tie at Bramall Lane a few years ago and that was the first time I really saw him and thought he was a bit of a handful. He's very but, Troy Deeney-like, I would yeah. say. But, um, the, the trouble is for every you know, for every player like that, Jordan Rhodes, Hugh Gill, West Ham's been the yeah, force. Yeah, players. Him. Jordan Rhodes, everyone said natural goal scorer, he'll come out of the champ. Never made it in the Premier You can't yeah. You can't tell until he... And the trouble is that you, you're not picking these players up for two million from championship clubs. Yeah. No, you're spending 12, 13 million on them as well, which is... So then that's why you understand why somebody might go, well, tell you what, let's get a 35-year-old foreign striker. Yeah. You know, Tra- get, transfers are... Uh, in rather than... Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, transfers like are very difficult for me, so. full stop. You sign three players, I look at it like this. If you sign three players, one of them will be a raging success. One will probably do okay and what you expected and one won't work out in three and there are lots of different reasons the change in the style of the team from the one where they've been very effective for instance they might be asked to do something different they might not settle they might not feel they're the automatic choice the main man whatever it may be there are so many different factors involved when people move clubs and I think it's very hard to get all of them right and the reality is nobody does and we can complain about oh we signed this bloke and we signed that guy and he's not good enough and all that every football fan at every club has the same gripes really yeah, but also we could buy we could buy Aguero 
But Aguero scores so many goals, A, because he's really good, but also because he's got five created mid- midfield players and wide players around him. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, there's no point if we're, if we're going to have a solid defensive midfield rather than a creative one. Which and th- th- they're the players you need to buy as well. You need to buy the creative midfield players. You need to buy the person who can find a pass. You need to buy mm. the winger that can make it great. It's not just there's yeah. no point saying we need to spend twenty million on a striker and he will get twenty goals for us. Yeah, because he might not be the right striker if it's the system. It's the, everyone says that it's the holy grail for any any oh, club in the Premier yeah. League is a twenty goal a season striker. Exactly, and which, everyone wants them. Which not, makes the premium so big for them, of course. I think it's hard now, Kev, also because every centre forward, because most teams play with one up front. He's got to be the real all-round package. He's got to be able to run behind. He's got to hold the ball up. He's got to be good in the air, quick, powerful. You've got to almost be the complete player. And I think, I said this, I think, a week or two ago to Jim. I think we were on the podcast, wasn't it? But I think probably Connor Wickham is our most complete centre-forward in terms of all all the attributes. But, you know, can you really rely on the guy week in, week out? Because he's... Injury record yeah. has been so stop start. Yeah, there's your problem again. Yeah. He's been very unlucky. So, and speaking of which, we had a question from Simon Palmer. He says our strike force clearly needs major surgery next season. If you were the surgeon, what would you do? And I guess the answer to that is give Connor Wickham some new knees. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't in terms of surgery towards the squad, as he's referring, I don't think it's going to be that easy to to change because if we don't have a lot of money, which I don't know at the moment, but if you're thinking about those stories and if they're true... And the accounts of the 35 yeah, that, million losses. that could be that we're not going to be able to go and throw £30 million pounds at a new striker. I mean, Batshuayi on loan, Wickham, Benteke, and perhaps if we can get one other, would probably have to suffice really because I don't think we're going to sell Wickham are we with with the injury record he's had there's there's the problem the only way we can afford a decent player is by selling Zahar or Wambasaka which which is going to be a difficult one to to explain to Palace fans and he's going to make us a lesser team whoever we bring in if we sell one of those players whoever we bring in isn't going to make us a better team because we've lost one of our two best players so it's a dilemma I I, I think well how can I ask how what how would you feel if the option was selling one of those to bring in a striker or whoever, I, I think or keeping them and just literally signing no one? My first criteria for this summer's transfer window is keeping those two. Yeah, yeah. I, I think those I would two, agree. If we keep those two, that's the start of a successful window for me, and then anything yeah. else is a bonus. Yeah, I, 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 t- I totally agree. I yeah, think no. those two and Mamadou Sacco are yeah, best, yeah, best yeah, three yeah, players, yeah. right? And if you sell your best players, I think... You see, for everybody saying, oh, we need this and we're unhappy and so on, and again, I completely understand, but selling Wilfred would be so much rolling, so much a a situation where you're rolling the dice. And this is is the, the question that I always pose to people. It's very easy for us to sit in the stand, even when I'm wagging my finger from the direction. <laughs> Stop wagging your finger. Yeah, mate. I was going to say. <laughs> very rude. Fans, yeah. um, you wagging it, Dave yeah, Madden style. No, apparently, or, that was or that Steve was, McMahon style. That was what sort of wag is it? After the Huddersfield what, game, what, what are I, the differences? I I said oh, that the people radio, were does it? becoming a bit entitled and thought we should just roll over everybody, and that didn't go down very well. I didn't say they couldn't boo, and it wasn't their choice. Yeah. Of course they can, but did I agree with it? To answer your no. question, Dave Madden waggled his fingers straight. 
like from front to back and Steve McMahon waggled it from side to side. <laughs> okay. And what's your preferred wagging style? Oh, Dave Madden. Oh, he's always going to take to Dave front. Madden. Yeah, he's always going to take Dave Madden out of Steve McMahon. Back to front feels more British. Side to side feels, feels a bit more European. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, isn't it? maybe yeah. right. But yeah. what, where I was going, by I like the way, I like when both. we finished talking finger wagging, <laughs> Sorry. Um, was that... You mentioned I, it. <laughs> I, do, I do feel that it's very easy for us to sit in the stands and call the shots oh we'll just change that and bring him on and so on and I know they're professional and that's why they paid the money but the case is if it was your business a la Steve Parrish are you going to go and A replace a manager who's got a proven track record and keeps you in the Premier League which means the club's in good shape and B are you going to go and sell Wilfred Zaha who keeps you in the Premier League and keeps the club in good shape if we got relegated we'd lose £100 million. So therefore, by default, Wilfred Zaha mm. is worth £100 million yeah, pounds yeah, yeah. to Crystal Palace, plus the 25% to Man United. So let's call that £125 million. You wouldn't get me to sell him for 150 And even if somebody threw crazy money at us, what happens then? So you sell Wan-Bissaka, you sell Zaha, and you've got £100 million pounds to spend or something. Imagine what happened with Tottenham when uh, they sold Gareth Bale. They couldn't sign a decent player with yeah. all the money in yeah, their pocket, true. could they? Yeah, I don't think it's Roy, not very easy to do. Roy's, I don't think Roy's going anywhere unless he decides to, he's had enough. I yeah. don't think Steve Parrish... It's a, I don't think it's anywhere near Steve Parrish's mind. New owners, or you know, whoever the Americans sell to, if they are selling, that throws a little bit of a curveball. But I, I think under unless Roy Hodgson gets tired or fed up, I think he'll be a manager... Start next season. I totally agree. I think he, yeah. it's his job until I think he, yeah. he feels like he doesn't want to do it. I, I, hope, his I hope he is, and I think he's earned that right. And two, again, who do you replace him with that's better? The Frank De Boer thing was a disaster. You know, it's not easy to go and find somebody who guarantees you Premier League football. And let's be honest, he's a he's a more upmarket version of Tony Pulis to a degree, isn't mm. he? He makes the team, the team is very well coached, it's very well organised, it's hard to beat, it's difficult to play against and we've got a bit of flair the other way. Um, also, you don't hear any stories as you do from other clubs. There's no hint or indication that any of the Palace players are unhappy no. with him as manager. No, they like uh, him. They like it. They li- yeah. And you, you, would, you would hear if that was the case. Yeah, yeah. And they, they're clearly happy with... Every, everybody yeah. that What's works with Roy, you know, respects him. And I think Roy is very good at managing himself in the respect that, yeah. you know, it, he doesn't he doesn't appear to allow too much to affect him too much. I think well, he's got the mindset that well, he knows... Well, apart from when you ask him at West Ham if he got the reaction Yeah, apart from JD. But that's part him, of his yeah. problem, though. The public demeanour is part of his problem for a lot of fans. I, he annoys me sometimes because you want to see a bit more passion yeah. and a bit more response. And also, for all the... the uh, before, I don't want to get the same... Stick that Selji gets for the Hodgson love. There are, there are, but there are, but there are, but there yeah. are I know, but there are, there are, because there will be a lot of Palace fans going, yeah, it's all very old, but there are frustrations about watching Palace. Yes. Them. There are simply that. But there would be Kev with anyone. Yeah, I, I, when when yeah, we I finished agree. third in the league under Steve Coppel, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, the Croydon well, advertiser was full of letters every week with people saying the football well, was yeah, yeah. garbage. Yeah. I was going to say another word, but yeah. I'll save you bleeping that one, JD. Thanks, Thank you. Um, and that's the reality, you know, because we all want more, and I want more. But it doesn't mean I can't respect 
how good this bloke is oh, that's, anyone. I think that's managing the, people... the club and that I don't think it's just so easy. And, and you know, and again, Steve Parrish is another, you know, gets too much criticism for me. You know, he's done... The, his record is remarkable. He's done very, very well. Okay, he's made a few mistakes. Don't we all in our jobs every day? Yeah, but sometimes you know, that's Steve, what happens. Steve doesn't help himself sometimes with tweets like the one after the Newcastle game when, you know, who can forget flying up here? Yeah, we got 10 points deducted on the flight. Hmm. Thank thank God I came along to save it, you know, which is the tone of the tweet. He doesn't, <laughs> which is kind of, he doesn't help himself sometimes yeah. with things like uh, that. But he's very, very passionate. passionate he is passionate, but the, all in, a way, in a way that Roy isn't, in a sense. Which yeah. is, but, but there are issues with, you, and you can't, you can't argue with people that are upset with the home form. You can't argue, I don't know how you change that. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You can't argue with people who wonder about the team selection sometimes. And you can't yeah, argue with people a, that want us to be on the front a, foot. The so, team selection is a matter of opinion. Yeah, of course. And, and, it's all and I've just opinion, said so. to you, I'd like to see Batshuayi and Ben Teki play up front and yeah, yeah. Wilf and Andros or whatever. But I'd also accept saying that, that Roy would say to me, that might be too open. We'd get beat every week like that. We uh, wouldn't be in the game before we're in the game. You know, I, do, like, well, I, I think the big, respect I, that. I, I, I think can respect the, that. Yeah, I think yeah, the yeah. big mystery is, uh, and it, it's really odd. It's like Kiati, Sharp goes off, Kiati comes on. We've had this before. 99% of Palace fans think Luca and Kiati are the, yeah. the, the, the first two. I, I, I don't disagree. So it's, so it's sometimes difficult to understand the logic of Kiati not starting, mm. to be perfectly honest, in any circumstance, especially yeah. against Man City where. You've got, without doubt, the best Premier League midfield in the country. Without no two ways about it, they're the best midfield. Whoever they yeah. pick, they've got the best midfield three in the country. So surely you pick at least the two best midfield players you have. And when he doesn't, you kind of get slightly mystified. And he doesn't. He doesn't seem convinced by Okia. I mean, Kriati's gone from starting every game to not. I don't know if it's an injury thing or. But I really like Kriati. I, I think, think, he, I think I for, for ten million pound, he's been he's been a bargain. Yeah, and I, I think. He's actually, I think, the only midfielder we've got that has that kind of box-to-box energy. Yeah, that yeah. Can, he can carry the ball. Yeah. He's quite strong. Uh, he's reliable. I get why Hodgson would like him because you know what you're going to get from him. So yeah. I, I agree with you. It's a bit mystifying why he doesn't Size and presence, play that often. Yeah. I think, yeah. against, especially against the big clubs because you know they're going to have a lot of the ball and that physical presence in midfield doesn't go amiss. And I, I for me, he would be in my team. But I think... I think the difference being is that, you know, everyone would have would pick a different side, you know, uh, and I think it's not totally clear cut our squad. I don't think you would you could totally sit there and go, "There's our best eleven players," and that's a hundred percent. There'd be variations on yeah, it. I yeah, think, yeah, I think everyone would. I pick just a think I think I slightly different. just I think most Palace fans. I think you could. Name your. I think hundred percent. Back five would name itself. We, you'd name your your front eight, your first eight players quite easily. Palace. Most Palace well, fans would be, agree on eight or nine. But there'd be players. three. There'd be two or three they wouldn't agree on for sure. Well, some would, yeah, some like you stuck. would go double up front with Bentek. Bentek yeah, I, I like that. Some but would I go could... Bentek on his own. You know, some would maybe put Wilf up there. Some would rather have Wilf wide right. in a three yeah. or yeah, maybe yeah. even a four. Which, which but I wouldn't still, agree you're with. still yeah. you're not arguing about the. The actual players, you're arguing about where they the were playing. System, play. maybe. The yeah. system, maybe. Well, well, I mean, so how many, well, then there's we have three midfield yeah. players or two strikers. Well, then there's the Max Meyer yeah. syndrome, which we have. Um, you know, syndrome, you know, people. You know, people, some people wouldn't have Schlupp. <laughs> yeah. I personally love Schlupp. But the, some would have if, Meyer. If all our players are fit, you know the back five yeah. quite easily. You you know, you know the front, the midfield too. You know Zahar and Townsend. Townsend started to waver a little bit for some Palace fans, but. 
That's however many that is. So you, you've the first eight or nine on the team sheet. Yeah, are, are it's basically the, up top and number ten. I, I think yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I can tell you Palace's best team, Kev, week to week. Whoever's not playing, basically, it should yeah, be because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's all I ever well, read can about. I then, speaking Jeff. of the back five, actually, when well, I that's agree with you, Mamadou Sakho is becoming the best centre back ever. By well, I, I, by I, not playing, I did say that to you, but I think he is the best. Yeah, I got a lot of sticks. And we we've had the Max Meyer stuff where there was continual we've been play mix Max Meyer, he's the silver. Silver bullet. He's going to change our season, and then he's had his opportunity and not done, not grabbed it with both hands. Let's say, mm. and then suddenly that dies off, and then we go on to something else. But well, I, I've had I think lo- that's I always going to be the um, case. Andy Gray on Twitter for having a back three in my all-time eleven of uh, Sacco, Ashley Cole, and Mark Edworthy, which I still think would be a fantastic back three. Was they, Andy they, Gray in your all-time Palace? No, well, probably right. that. Mark well. Edworthy. Oh, yeah, I loved I, Edworthy. I think that might be strong in it a bit. Really? Mark Edworthy, Player yeah. of the Year, nineteen ninety-eight. Yeah. yeah, that was the year we went down, and yeah. we we were, we didn't win a home game Look, until the second great, to last home game of the season. We beat Derby County. He could play right yeah. back, right wing back, or sweeper, and he had great nineties curtains. I don't know what more you want. Is that a euphemism? Were you at that? Were you at that Derby game that we won, JD? I was actually. Yeah. yeah. So oh, it's a Churchich with the give and go, and then still the under getting the 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 funny thing there was we played Derby and Powley, Chris Powell, my close mate, was playing left back for Derby. And he said to me in the whole of the season, because we couldn't win a home game, and all he kept saying to me, it's going to be us. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be us. It's going to be us. And sure enough, second to last home game, we beat them 3-1. 3-1. And then I think we won the last home game against Sheffield Clinton Wednesday. Clinton Morrison's debut. Clinton Morrison's yeah. debut. 89th minute winner, wasn't oh, yeah. it? Off Lombardo. Dee Gordon scored against Derby, didn't he? Yeah, he might have done. I think, I think, I think we played Bolton goal. away and he yeah, scored yeah. a scream and we lost 5-2. I was there for good. that, yeah. Listen, um, we were talking about the back five. Mark and I, Edworthy. I don't... I love Mark not, not in I know, it's a difference. Loving him. Well, like, the thing is, I went from Old Town 11, I went with favourite But even I wouldn't put Jerry Murphy in my Old Town Palace 11. You know what? if it's your favourite Old Town 11. Oh, if it's favourite. Yeah, that's why I had a midfield duo of Jeff Thomas and Hayden Mullins. Oh, so you don't want it? Oh, okay. You know, why not? And Matt Janssen behind Clinton. Where, so where was Steve Kettridge? <laughs> so yeah, even in your if you're a certain it. age and you know Steve Kettridge. So you picked cool. an imaginary championship team? <laughs> no, I picked an imaginary team that plays in an imaginary league. Oh, I see. Okay. Because it's imaginary. Anyway, I thought it was a good team. Um, Is that actually or literally? <laughs> hey, I haven't said literally yet. No, no I have now. Um, so you'll get you get a tweet on that. Final question, then for this part is is on PVA, and we talked about the back five, and I think we can all agree that the back five picked itself. But he has recently been struggling with form, and we've had a question from Achini, Hi, Achini. who says, seeing as we need a new left back, gone in strong. Uh, the last few games, PVA oh. has been unacceptable. Who would you sign? And then PC Wires said, Hi PC, uh, is it fair for PVA? to get literally all of the blame his words not mine uh, considering that first goal was mostly down to Scott Dan's inability to match Sterling's pace uh, and the third came okay this is more about the Man City thing um, PVA in general how, how are we feeling he's not he's not right is he he's not playing I, I, I'm I, not sure my my instinct is and I've, that his career it, that tends to happen to him at every club he's at well, he sort of tails off. He sort of tails off. He's, he's, he's always. It's interesting because he, he's inevitably you compare him to Aaron every week. Yeah, who's not even when he's having a hard game, he doesn't have a bad game. Wambasaka for me, uh, uh, PVA was always better going forward than he was defensively, but yeah. his defensive frailty just seems 
but, you, know, you could probably argue that he hasn't. He's not as well covered by Schlupp as he was by Loftus Cheek at the end of last season. Hasn't got Mama next to hasn't him. Hasn't got Mama next to him. I mean, that's the big. I mean, I think we we can all agree. Much as I, you know, I don't want everybody to think that me and Selzy are agreement buddies. It but has um, been a very cordial podcast. Well, it's normally going. Yeah, we'll get now, we'll get stick for that as well. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I, I think whoever centre back plays. It has to be with Sacco, and they're a better centre back with with Sacco. But yeah. PVA, I, I I do think I think it's got to be addressed next. I think we need either left back cover or we need a new a new left back. To be perfectly honest, because he's just at the moment he's a bit of a liability. To or be, someone else there for competition to put, yeah, push possibly. Him a bit. I mean, but he certainly hasn't had any competition. No. Papa Suarez, I don't think. No, and he used to be schlappy and he's actually preferred in midfield now. I think Suarez will go because I think he's out of contract this summer and he hasn't mm. featured so I can't see him staying. The The upside there is we have a very, very good young left back, Tarek Mitchell, who I think could push his way into contention next season. I think he's a, he's a very promising player and I think probably from the group of young players that are there, Maybe the most likely to, uh, to 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 bustle his way into the group at this point. Again, so? especially if 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 you know we haven't got a big pot of money to spend. Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, as I said, I'm only surmising there because I know the FFP reset, so I think we'll probably be able to extend the wages a bit this summer. But I wouldn't well, I imagine think- with the accounts and if the guys are looking to sell that we're going to be throwing. 50s and 60 millions around but on transfers. He wouldn't have started Wan Bissaka if we didn't have a crisis. It's hard to see him throwing a, a, a young player in. Very true. Unless he really, really has to. It's, it's not the true. sort of thing. You know, Roy's a cautious manager. It's not the sort of thing you would expect him to. to it's very, do, you know. very difficult to do. I, I wrote a piece about this a, a few months ago in the SLP, suggesting that that there should be some change in the rules in terms of the squad numbers. Perhaps reducing down, you know, in 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 terms of the whole game itself, reducing down the number of players that any club is allowed to have. With Chelsea loaning out forty yeah, players, yeah, for instance, yeah. saying that you're only allowed X amount of professionals and maybe twenty two of your first team squad, which you can sign or are are uh, over twenty three or twenty one or whatever it is, twenty under twenty one, and then. You know that would force managers to pick one or two younger right. players for their development. But you can understand again, the average age now, Kev, of a Premier League debutant is between twenty-three and twenty-four, and that's because really? wow. yeah, yeah, because wow. because no one can take the risk. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. it's like when people say to me, "Oh well, we're probably going to be safe. Play Sam Woods at centre back, or yeah, do this, yeah, yeah. or do that." Every place you're talking now, that every place, if it's worth a couple of million quid we got three places if we win the last four games for argument's sake and we end up finishing ninth and we're what we're 14th at the moment that could make another 10 or 12 or whatever million pounds difference to our budget you know that can pay pay for a new player exactly so you know all of these things are going to be you know important and if you're the chairman of the club and the finances are important and you're the manager your responsibility in working for the club is not to risk the club's... You've got that balance between blooding a young player and not taking risks that are going to cost the club a lot of money or, B, cause the club, you know, catastrophic 
you know, results yeah. and so on. So I don't, it's just not easy for any, it's not just, again, exclusive to Crystal Palace. You know, there's hardly anybody that gives a young kid a debut here and there. It just, you, you see the odd ones, but there just aren't that many. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, we know with the either, current Either manager. way, P- PVA, I mean, unless he's knackered himself dancing in that brilliant video. Oh, I love that which video. Is, which so is great, much. but he he, great. he looks like he needs a new ch- he looks like he needs a new challenge. He looks like, uh, maybe uh, maybe the lack of competition is it, but he just yeah. he, he is a liability. It, his form like, is up and down, isn't it? He? he plays in spells very well, and then and his goals, his defending, it's not so much that he gets beaten easily in one on ones and stuff like that. It's more lacks of concentration. Yeah, he yeah, lacks yeah, of yeah. concentration yeah, yeah. where he's not where he should be. He loses or like the yeah. second goal on Sunday, yeah, yeah. he's on his heels when yeah. Sterling's meeting the ball. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. not he's not quite you know, he's not at it if you like. Yeah, yeah. Well I think time. also as well we talk about the comparison with Wan Bissaka, it's like Wan Bissaka looks like he enjoys defending. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and PVA looks like it's a chore for Absolutely. him. But yeah. Kev, PVA looks like he I wants think, to be a wing back or a, or a winger or I think yeah. that's slightly ingrained and I learnt that really also when I did those ten years with Gary with the under eighteen team, you concede goals from set pieces and invariably it would generally be the odd you know, the odd change, but it would be the same player or players that would be responsible for losing their man. Right. Uh, set play right. and conceding the goal and I think that that's a sort of partly a sort of instinct that's inbred where you're that driven that you're not going to concede and you're not yeah. you've got that yeah. that they shall not pass type mentality and sometimes you get with forward players and stuff they don't have that same instinct and I think Patrick Van Arnold is very very good going forward but at times he seems to lack that real determination to defend or that never say die type mentality. Although you've got, you know? if, if Wan Bissaka had PVA's goal instinct, you'd have the perfect. Yeah, yeah. and speaking of that forward. sort of will to defend, remember when Aaron was at fault for uh, the Bournemouth equaliser, late one down at um, yes, the Dean Court, and actually he's. You know, he, he hasn't made a mistake like that again so, yeah, since. Yeah, he's yeah. actually worked on that, and actually you'd almost think would be one of our least likely players to lose concentration in the box. And just on Aaron, I got a final question from Aidan Grant. Hi, Aiden. Hi, Aiden. This is one from a few weeks ago, and I've left it on my list. And he says, um, would AWB on current form top your list of all-time best Palace fullbacks? And if not, who was better? Ashley Cole was his suggestion. It's early to say that, isn't it? But it, it, it is, is and excellent. also it's, it's very difficult for older fans. It's difficult to compare. General. Kenny Sampson, I would probably... I was going to say. I would have yeah. to say he, would on for me side. on the left side yeah. without without and the a right doubt. side is obviously Mark Edworthy. Nah. Uh, well, and only if he's in the back three though, obviously. Isn't obviously. It? Yeah. I, think, I think yeah. I think yeah. this weekend is my. I think it was the twentieth of my first game was twentieth of April, nineteen seventy six, a nil nil draw at home to Aldershot, and so it's forty three years this weekend. I think is it twenty first to twenty fifth Saturday, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Well, and I think in that time, so it's 43, so there'll be people that are older than me that have seen more, but Kenny Sansom or Ashley Cole would be the best yeah. left-back, yeah. and Nathaniel Klein or Aaron Wambisaka would be yeah. the best right-back, closely followed by Tony Hazel for the right-back um, and Les Strong for the left-back, yeah. Kev. What Not forgetting Paul Hinchwood, oh, the right-back. Doris. But <laughs> I, th- I think Klein... 
I think Wan-Bissaka is becoming the player that we thought Klein yes. would be. He's, he's ahead of Klein in his development, I think. Yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah. I thought... I mean, Klein, he played for me and Gary. And Gary always reminds me that I used to say to him, this kid will play for England. Yeah. And I knew it because... And, and I don't know if you know this, but Klein, he was a centre-forward at 14. And Gary converted him into a right-back. And... Uh, it didn't go down very well with Kleine's mum at the time. She didn't appreciate him being turned into a right back. But, when no I, but funny right enough, back. when he made his England debut, I saw her in the lounge after and I went, what a bad shout the right back <laughs> after all, was it, Mrs? It's <laughs> strange to often hear that. Like, it's the same with wan he was a striker. Yeah. You, you, you yeah. seem to hear that a lot about players being converted from other positions to... No one chooses right back. No, no but you, you, you see... Yeah, exactly. normally the worst player on the pitch. But yeah, you, exactly. But you see character, right characteristics in people. And funny enough, I had the conversation a couple of times with Tom Saws when he was here. And I said to him, you should have been a right back. And he used to go, no, no. I said, you've got all the characteristics to be a yeah. top right back, up and down the pitch. You can yeah, tackle. Yeah. But he, he ended up being a sort of midfield player. But I don't think he ever really fulfilled his... His potential. He's Berry now, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, is yeah. 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 No, no, right, yeah. Wimbledon. Jake Caprice, who plays for Tranmere, who's a right back, he was a right winger as well that we converted into a right and he hated it as well. I overheard him in the showers one day moaning about that idea, but he ended up having a career in league football because of it. And go. the thing with young players is that they always don't quite see their characteristics at yeah. that age. You know, they. They they all see themselves as the midfield maestro, but uh, there aren't many yeah. there aren't many lads that say yeah I can edit and I can tackle. Do you know? It's no not, one dreams of being a right no, back. No, but you you see sometimes Kleine had this thing, and I was talking about Pauli earlier. And Pauli, when I played with him at a young age, was the same. They had this ability, and I think Aaron's got the same thing. It doesn't matter what level they play at. They can play at this same level in every single game, whether it's a youth team game yeah, or yeah. a first team game. They, they, they can do it. And that's a sort of unique thing that you recognise in these type of lads that no matter what it is, they seem to be able to play the same, play the same, whatever the opposition and so on. And that's a it's a gift. It's yeah, an absolute I, I gift. I don't know what Nathaniel Klein's current value would be. But he was it, dropped by Bournemouth was on the well, bench on but, Saturday, but, which amazed me. My one consolation if we sold Wan-Bissaka and spent half the money on getting the climb back, yeah. then I would sleep more easily Slightly in my bed better, than if yeah. we just sold. As it happens, I don't think either Wilf or Aaron will go this season, to be perfectly honest. I think it's early enough in Aaron Wan-Bissaka's development for him to, I agree. to stay and learn. Uh, well, maybe yeah. that's wishful thinking, but again... I, yeah, if somebody comes along and offers 40, 50 million for him, remember we still are a selling club. I mean, that's always what we well, we relied on. Since we've Steve Parrish has been the chairman, we haven't really been a selling club, have we? But certainly but not since we've been in the Premier League. I mean, we couldn't really deny Wilfred the opportunity to go to Manchester United when we're in the championship. Um, but I do think selling your best players is a massive risk. And I would I rather bobble along and just try and improve ever so slightly, bit by bit, than sell one of our major assets and try and rebuild the team. Because I, I don't think the team needs that much. If okay. we had the same squad next season, which I hope we don't, we'll make a couple of... But I don't think major surgery is required. I don't think there's too much wrong with with what we're doing. I think it's probably that goal-scoring element is the bit that we really need to solve. Yeah. 
But well, yeah, but if you were to get 35, 40 million quid for Wan-Bissaka, that's 35, 40 million pound profit. That's not enough, Kev. Well, it's not, but I think think from from a purely business point of view, from Steve Parrish's point of view, that's a lot of profit. So it's going to be... It's down to the player, really, or his agent. But personally, I think he will stay with us. I think think he will. will. I don't think a move will happen, but I think what will will happen is us going from part two to part three. He's doing his smooth radio audition again, We're going to preview... Oh, well, a trip to the Emirates on Sunday. So so join us after this. Welcome back to the Fabian Plan Podcast. Pod 287, sponsored by Vector Printing for your printing board of your needs. Go to vector.co.uk, that's Vector with Okay. And, oh, lovely. And JC and Associates, visit jcassociateslondon.com. I will. Very nice as well. And Eternity Home Finance for all your mortgage needs. Go to eternityhomefinance.com. Or if you want to ring and have a chat about mortgages or Palace, who knows? <laughs> um, ring 0330 130973 we're visiting well, the Emirates. Are we here to talk about Palace? Aren't yeah. we? Visiting yeah. the Emirates yeah. oh, right. on Sunday. I've literally made one literally. note. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I did so Bing. well. I'm going to do yeah, JD an Bingo. Hour, an hour and a quarter in. To be fair, he has literally only made one yeah. note, though. Yeah. So yeah. sometimes, sometimes the word, yeah. Very true. Yeah. Um, which just says, don't concede four goals in the first 22 minutes. Yeah, that was the, yeah. the wheels came off a little bit. That it was, was the only time, though. Spectacular, fair, yeah. wasn't it? Uh, the, the problem is, it's like I watched the Arsenal game against Watford last night, and you think, "This is how are these team in the top four? But then you look at their home record, and apart from I mean, they lost to Man City on the first day, and they haven't lost at home since. So they're clearly a good right? team. Yeah, oh they're, they're, I mean, Deeney. Must be due one then, Kev, must well, be. Well, <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the Deeney sending off was right last night, but they still struggled to beat yeah. 10 man Watford. Yeah. And with Although, the Watford. Having a good season. Well, yeah, but I mean, with the players Arsenal got, you'd think they should be making yeah. it. I mean, that's that was Arsenal's first away clean sheet. That's true. Yeah. So yeah, they, hadn't, they hadn't, they'd be yeah, struggling away from so home. And they can see goals at home as well. So I, I think it, it depends. I mean, as we talk, uh, Cardiff are playing Brighton, so we don't know what's going on there. But it, it's Well, they show. were winning. Cardiff, Cardiff, good. Cardiff are winning, are they? Last I saw it was one it's a sh- oh, I must have watched. I mean, I watched the Bournemouth goals more often than I watched Palace goals the other night. But I think <laughs> it, I th- it's it's You're enjoying it that much. Really? Well, a little. I'm sorry, sir. I know you're. I know you know. Every big, other team, you know in, every other team in the league. You just learn away. to respect them when you work in the business. That's my <laughs> yeah. point. I don't. You, well, I, you don't. You want to see the weed go down? Even if I was. <laughs> I, no, I don't. I don't worry about it. That's my point. It yeah, doesn't. Don't worry. It doesn't. No, I don't hate anybody. I keep telling. Somebody wrote this to me on Twitter the other day. He doesn't even hate Brighton. I said. No, I, I res- don't. I work in the football business. I, I don't still- hate anyone. I just respect everyone. Every game. No, even so surely you. Want, I don't no. care. I don't care who it is. You can't no. help laugh at any team who gets beaten five 0 at home with a t- and watching oh, their, totally watching their lovely loyal fans disappear after the third goal. And the fact is, bro, I, I, I literally, I laughed. I, <laughs> literally, literally, I do. I didn't, as I say, I laughed my tits off, but I didn't. But <laughs> I watched it. I must. I just kept rewinding it again. It's like I do with Palace goal. How can you? It's the funniest thing I've ever seen happen. And the fact it I, was funny, but, I, but you know, but what's really upsetting me now 
is if we hadn't lost to Brighton twice, they'd be way below. I think we're going to keep them up oh, with those two results. Really? But anyway, but, anyway yeah. but, but what in an ideal world, Cardiff would have been lost to Liverpool on Saturday and we'd be mathematically safe yeah, at yeah. the Emirates. And we'd, we'd, until that time, I think Roy will play in his usual cautious away. Well, I think we have to at Arsenal. Yeah. You've just yeah, said that. I we're not going to, so. yeah. if we go, I think last year, the mistake we made, I think we set up 4 4 2 first half and we got completely outnumbered in midfield and we got mauled in the first I don't think it was a Wayne Wonder show that day either to be fair I also remember uh, James MacArthur losing his player twice from two corners I'll be interested to see who he starts up front on Sundays I don't think it'll be Benteke I think we've only taken one point there haven't we since we had that one all draw Balassi scored yeah that's not what Neil Warnock calls him. Balazi, isn't it? Under Balazi. Yeah, Yannick Balazi. Balazi. Adibayor made it, though, didn't he? Adibayor made it. Left very Maisie, true. Maisie run down the left wing, which yeah. is very true. I think so, it will, will set up, as we've seen many times away from home this season, I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if it was potentially um, Batshuayi back in as the will, one up I front. But I think it'll be a very classic Roy uh, approach, which I don't disagree with at all when you're playing away at the Emirates. And do you know what? I want to make a prediction that we don't get beaten by more than two goals again. Let's hope you're right. Well, don't say you, that. You've, so put you, the, you've put that the mockers no, on that. I now, don't. You I have a, no influence. You've brought the pod full circle by saying that was a good result, only losing by two goals to Man City. So I don't actually think that's unfair. If between between the Brighton fan here, Watford fan over there, <laughs> this pod has just changed so much. Oh, no, it's it's right. Right. Oh, Lord, the, Bright, the Brighton it. fan and Watford fan that have seen every single game this season, home and away. This is what it's come to. <laughs> I'm, is a it? Fan. I'm a terrible Watford fan. No, I only so you keep Palace. telling that watching Palace everywhere. How dare you? This is what it's, that's why they don't like you on the Watford pod either. No. You get a stick on that. This is what it's come to. Well, yeah. like we only lose by two goals. Kev, you are well and truly putting fuel on that fire, kid here. Do you know what I mean? Well, oh, the oh, BBS oh. will be in overdrive. My Twitter account, they'll be atting me tonight and JD. You got, you got called a clown, didn't you, at the weekend? Fire job, emoji. You were a clown. Clown emoji, yeah. Professional clown. It's a compliment. Yeah, well, that means that people are listening to the post-match podcast. It's nice, Kev, to true. be fair. Yeah. You know, give up your time. You know, talk about Palace, service for the fans, and get abuse. It's fantastic. To be fair, as you said at the start of the pod, and we are bringing it full circle. Ninety-nine point nine percent of the reaction but we get listen, is very positive. Yeah. And everyone that comes up to me at Palace games says, "Love the pod. I love it." So my please e- keep doing it if you're one of those people. My ego is such. I'm with Oscar Wilde. As long as people are talking about me, they, they, <laughs> exactly. As long as, as long as they know my, as long as they people come up to me and call me a four a word in the street I said oh, at least he knew I was yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's nice that was, isn't it that yeah. was Simon Jordan <laughs> you might have to bleep this bit out yeah, when he like turned that. up at Millwall yeah. that time the bloke shouted out oi Jordan you're a and he, said, he said it's Mr Jordan if you yeah. don't mind <laughs> lovely and that's how I will reply to a few people <laughs> words Simon Jordan referred to me as Steve Couples bitch yeah. <laughs> really that was our did the, he yeah that was our relationship guys that's the end of the pod thank you very much for joining me thank you for Having us, it's been a pleasure. It's been quite a cordial. I think a lot of people yes. were, were looking forward to sales versus day round two, but it's been very cordial. Well, no, it will come. after we'll, after we'll, um, after me finishing Roy's dinner a bit later, and I was <laughs> late tonight. You know, he he enjoyed the caviar, but the salmon was slightly underdone, so yeah. I had to go well, back I hope and learn your lesson. Well, sort Mrs. that Mrs. out. Day but, did phone uh, from Birmingham to say you will be you will play nicely, won't you? <laughs> really? You will be cordial. But consider this one a little sorbet between the between us and the main. Oh, nice! At the end of season when we do. Oh, well, there you go. So Let's I mean, do one at the beer festival. That's a terrible idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's an awful idea. Anyway, I'm anyway. <laughs> thank you very much I'll for yours. listening to the pod. The pod extra will, will be with you uh, if you're a patroner. Free to pod. Um, free to pod. Uh, from the Emirates on Sunday. Uh, otherwise, enjoy the rest of your week. And we'll see you again soon. Goodbye.
It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Sports Social Podcast Network.